player two, you're awake. It's me, Kitty M. Remember the all geek? The guide through the land of Pod, one of the geekiest places on Earth? Well, not Earth, we're technically a different world altogether, but anyway, this week, Star Wars Day and Free Comic Book Day, and why is Norman Reedus naked in that Death Stranding video? Also, some big comic book news and television news and Young Justice, the animated series, is back and I found a way into the Hall of Justice. Okay, I swiped someone's keycard. Don't ask too many questions. And what is GX? I'm going to tell you about it and some of the best games that you can play very, very soon. Also, I'm going to roast you, Player 2, in some lava. That'll be explained later. Come on, Player 2. Come on in, sit down. We've got lots to celebrate this week, Player 2. May the 4th is Star Wars Day, if you believe the Jedi propaganda. For the rest of us, it's the revenge of the 5th and 6th that make May the very special time that it is. It's also the only time you'll get two Siths for the price of one Jedi, which is usually the other way around because Jedi are sneaky cheaters. Also, the 6th of May is Free Comic Book Day, which I would totally go to, but uh, I hate people and lines, and crowds, and outsideness, so it's a mix of things that I don't enjoy, but you might really like it, and I encourage you to go along, just because you might pick up a comic book that you wouldn't usually pick up, and you would discover something that you would love, which is important for you, I guess, if you feel love for things. Something we've all been feeling love, or something like love for, is the new Kojima game, Death Stranding. It's not out yet, but Kojima has talked about it a little bit more and explained why Norman Reedus is naked in that video. But Kojima being Kojima and my brain not being his, I'm still not entirely sure why Norman Reedus was naked in that video. I just know a lot of my friends who don't play video games have watched that video a lot of times. Like, a lot. Maybe they're just fans of the song. I don't, I don't know. Something a lot of people are a fan of here in Australia, though, is Clever Man. Clever Man is a TV series, but it's about to become a comic book as well. Clever Man is an Aboriginal superhero. While we have at least one Aboriginal superhero before now, in the form of Bishop, there's actually not that many Aboriginal superheroes out there. So, Clever Man was created by Ryan Griffin, who was inspired to create an Aboriginal superhero for his son to look up to. Despite it being an Australian TV series, you can get it in other countries as well, and I really recommend you doing it. It has a lot of the Dreamtime stories, the stories of our native people here in Australia, mixed into the story of Clever Man. I think you should check it out. I think you'll like it. And if you can, follow Ryan Griffin on Twitter, because the dude is a total geek. Oh, speaking of geeks, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, right? Geeks loved that, so much so that $100 million at the box office has already been recorded. I mean, it was only just in cinemas, like, why? How is it that big? I get it, I get why. I think a large part of it has to do with it has Chris Pratt in it, and he is basically the pizza of people, because no one dislikes Chris Pratt at all. Also, it does look like a pretty good film. We should go see it, Player Two. Not, not together though. It could give you the wrong idea, and I'm, I'm really just holding out for someone richer and more famous than you, also more handsome. It's nothing personal. It's just I'm at an age where it's go hard or go home. You know, it's like get eaten by my cats when I finally die in a bed, sit surrounded by action figures, 
or be married to someone stupidly rich and talented. There is no, there's no middle ground there. Yeah, that's probably depressed you a bit. Here's something that will cheer you up. The plots for Young Justice and Teen Titan were revealed. Let's not talk about it here. To the halls of justice. Player 2, you might be wondering why we're in the Hall of Justice. Well, there's many reasons for that. The main one being it seems superheroes in Marvel and DC have just really lax security standards right now. We've gotten into some pretty hardcore places. We shouldn't be here right now. This is a serious breach. Those guys need to up their game because this is, this is not appropriate. But we're here because I wanted to talk to you about Young Justice, the animated series coming back, and it's going to be great. You know how I know? Genetic arms race was mentioned in the plot points. Fight me, this is awesome! Let me tell you why you should care about Young Justice Animated. It's all the things people don't think comics are about, that comics are totally about. But first, let's back up a bit. Young Justice tells the story of the kid sidekicks in the DC Universe. So for the uninitiated, you've got the Justice League, a staple of the DC Universe in the fight for good. They consist of characters like Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, Aquaman, The Flash, Green Arrow, Shazam, Black Canary. And the roster changes in the DC universe depending on who they want to focus on. That's pretty standard in comic book leagues. The main ones, though, are usually Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. And Young Justice is like, you know the Scouts? They're like that. It's a training area for the younger generation. They read young adult literature, but if they were to try and buy a knife, they'd be refused because they'd be too young. Despite the fact these kids are quite literally handed deadlier weapons than any knife could be by their adult counterparts and told to go do the thing that's super dangerous. Adult supervision isn't really high up the list of priorities for the Justice League, which is a problem. Now that I'm thinking about it, Justice League are pretty irresponsible in just in general when it comes to the safety of their younger counterparts. Because young justice is high stakes. So why is it good that the animation is back? Like I said, it's all the things we love about comics that no one knows about comics unless they read comics. Let's start with the art. Most people who don't read comics think that comic book art isn't art. It is. They think all superhero comic book characters are pretty much the same bodies, colours and personality types. Sometimes they're right, but mostly they're wrong, and Young Justice shows this. DC animation is one of the greatest gifts ever to be bestowed on the adult geeks. Watch Under the Red Hood and Flashpoint Paradox if you don't believe me, but you should just go ahead and believe me. Young Justice is no different. Each character design is unique, from the colours used in their outfits to their faces and their body types. My lazy test is to just look at how they draw each girl in a series. I know, but generally bad character design shows up most in the lady characters because people think they can get away with it. They draw them one way, all the same girl just with different wigs. In this, that's not true at all. And it's not just the characters, there's detail in the backgrounds. I don't want to spoil anything, but when you're finished here, you're going to go and watch the first two seasons of Young Justice, and I want you to keep an eye on the backgrounds, especially when they're in the Batcave. Trust me, it's going to freak you out because it's kind of dark. The other thing people get wrong about comics is they think it's the same standard plot, and I guess in some ways they're right, but in most ways they're wrong. 
In Young Justice, the storyline is plotful. Despite being an animation, it has some very real moments when it comes to plot twists and turns, and just like comics and literally every piece of entertainment media, it's just as much about who events are happening to and how they're reacting to those events as it is about those events themselves. Because let's be real, the world is always going to be on the brink of ending in the majority of comics. The reason we choose to read Batman comics as opposed to Captain America comics about the world ending comes down to who we are as people and how we want to see someone handling that situation. It's not actually about the world ending. Young Justice has interesting people dealing with the world ending. Likeable and sometimes unlikable. And finally, the script is clever. See, people don't think of comic books as being clever. They don't think of reading a comic book in the same way as they would think of reading a novel or watching a play. Comics aren't at Shakespeare's level, but they have some standout wordsmiths, and they're constantly questioning the human condition, and that's what Young Justice does as well. How far will someone go? How strong are the bonds of friendship? When loyalty is divided or you're deceived, how much do you forgive or will you do to defend what's yours? And they do it with wit. That's right, the script is actually clever. There is a reason for the varying degrees of whelmed that are mentioned so many times in relation to Young Justice Animated. These kids are kids, but they're smart and they're quick. And their situation has not so bogged them down that they can't have a lighthearted moment with one another. They're friends. So when they say something funny, you're actually going to laugh because you know people like that. Or want to know people like that. Young Justice is one of my favourite animated series. Because it's clever and because it's all the things that I truly enjoy about comics. And it's coming back. And I can say, I am officially whelmed. Come on, player two. We gotta get out of here. I got gum on the control panel and Batman's gonna be super, super angry at me about it. I don't even know how I got gum on there. I don't even eat gum. Want me to tell you about some video games? Let's go to an arcade. We're in an arcade for a very important reason, Player Two. It was GX in Australia this weekend. The last one ever. GXCon is touted as one of the most inclusive, if not the most inclusive, expos for gamers in Australia, and it is. Or, it was. Your admission tag had a space for your name and gender pronoun, as you preferred it. It has panels on everything you'll find in Intersectional Rights 101, if that's a course, I'm Sure, it's probably a course. It should be a course. And everyone's free to be themselves, but also mindful as hell of everyone else. It's great. And like I say, this weekend was the last one, and it's a damn shame, because it was delightful. I haven't seen gaming like this before. Loads of indie devs being excited about their games, with a whole lot of people who were individuals. I saw plenty, and I'm going to leave you a link in the description so you can go and find these games and play them, or at least learn more about them. But here are my top ones. Paperbark. If you're an Aussie kid, you already know what possum magic is, and you know who Snugglepot and Cuddlepie are. In Australia, we have trees called gum trees, and they have these cute things growing on them called gum nuts. Gum nuts aren't really nuts as far as I'm aware, but they sprout these pink stringy petals. It's hard to describe. Mainly because Australian flora and fauna is considered to be some of the most unique in the world. Darwin lost his mind over it. Anyway, Snugglepot and Cuddlepie are gumnut babies. They grow in the gumnuts and then they go on an adventure meeting weird and wonderful creatures inspired by Australian animals and plants. 
Paperbark is the story of a wombat wandering around the Australian bush. It's done in a style of watercolour that's quite prevalent in a lot of Australian literature, especially for kids. It's not for everyone. The occasional wombat sneeze with petals is about as close as you're going to get to explosions, but it's really cute to see an Aussie story with Aussie backgrounds. It's more an educational thing than anything else, but I've included the website for you to look at. As a kid who grew up in the bush, this delighted me. Plus, they know Jackie French, and that is definite cool points for me. And if you're looking for someone who does some great young adult fiction, I remember loving Jackie French as a kid. Then there was Dungeon League, a multiplayer arcade game style craziness where you can be a unicorn. I'm sure there's other characters you can be as well, but I chose the unicorn because I was cosplaying as Lady Deadpool. They also gave me a unicorn pin. It was so chaotic and fast-paced, but you can play it online or with people in the same room as you. I'm not sure why you'd want to have people in the same room as you, but you can do that. And it's cute and scary, and when you die, there's a voice that says, You have died! And it's hilarious. I mean, there is more to it than that. There's great detail in levelling up your characters, and the details, despite being a standard arcade type in the background characters and bad guys you're killing, there's been a lot of effort put into that. So check out DungeonLeagueGame.com. I think it's on pretty much every platform you can find. Finally, there was Keep It Together. Visually, not stunning, but it doesn't need to be. That's not what Keep It Together is about. You're a rat, in a suit of rats, pretending to be a human. And you've got to answer questions that actual humans are throwing at you and try and give them responses they like. The more you get wrong, the higher the stress bar gets. And the more stress you're under, the harder things get. I don't want to give away any spoilers, but this simple game, played completely on the keyboard, was the most fun I think I've had in quite a while. There was something great about what it was saying, especially in terms of social anxiety and how it feels when you're just literally trying to keep it all together. It was great. I'm going to leave you a link to the website you can go to to find out more about it. GX was fun. Uh, I didn't go for the second day. I kind of wish I had, but uh, cons are getting harder to attend, you know? So I'm glad I spent some anxiety points on this one. I hope it comes back in a different form. One day. Play two, we, we better get out of here. Get back to the tavern. Come on, let's go. Play two, what are we doing here? This isn't the tavern. This is a lava field. Let me explain Player 2. See, I have a Twitter and a Facebook which connects me to the internet, and from time to time your versions of you from alternate universes decide to have conversations with me. Last episode, I talked about the DC bombshells and dropped the line, they're action figures, not dolls. Mike on Facebook disagrees, and whom I'd refuse to throw a willing subject into some lava for the sake of some cheap thrills. So, let's get into this, Mike. Let me explain really quick how you can tell if you've got an action figure or a doll. 1. Can you fight Godzilla with it? Yes, action figure. 2. Do you need to use your imagination to pretend it's knees bend? Yes, probably doll. 3. Does it come with weaponry other than the usual contents of a makeup bag? Yes, action figure. And finally, 4. Is it creepy? Not cool creepy, but actually creepy and you're pretty sure it moved. Doll. Now, I didn't grow up with Barbie because my mum didn't want me to have unrealistic expectations for my body as a young girl, so instead I got the Vicky doll. Vicky had a new career and boyfriend every week which set up other unrealistic expectations which I think my mum was totally cool with. Also, Vicky has some freckles, so she's 
more human. But despite the fact Vicky had a number of suits that enabled her to do a number of careers, because apparently the right clothing is higher than actual training on a CV, she was never an action figure. She didn't come with weapons, the most badass thing I think she ever got was a safari suit, and while she was certainly throwing rocks at glass ceilings and making definitive political statements in the face of a patriarchal society, which is very deserving of a fist bump because crushed the oligarchy, Vicky was a doll who couldn't even make a fist. I also had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles growing up because my parents didn't believe in gender roles. Each one of the turtles was muscle-bound, articulated, and came with weaponry. They too were making political statements, but in a much broader sense, and one might even say paving the way for intersectional rights discussions around the meaning of otherness. Also, they were involved in more fistfights than Vicky, and a good thing too. Vicky girl piled up as she was, and I like to think the fact that her feet weren't at a constant 90-degree angle, like some genetic experiment to create the perfect ballerina gone wrong, should count for something, she was still pretty useless in a fight. I put her in a number of fights. She lost every time. The DC bombshell babes come with weaponry, superpowers, bendable limbs and abs, and mostly sensible clothing in which to engage in action situations. So, they're action figures. Thanks for playing, Mike. You've been roasted. Into the lava you go. Now, player two. We really are going to the tavern this time. Well, that's all play too. If you get the chance while you're out in meat space, check out Old Guard. It's from Image. Uh, Greg Rucker is the writer. Leandro Fernandez does the art. Uh, Daniela Miwa has the colors and Jodie Wynn is doing the letters. And the reason I'm telling you all of this is because all of it comes together in a beautiful way. It's restricted palette with the coloring, but that fits with what you want from this story. And you want this story. Also, if you're not into it yet, Heathen and Super Sons. Oh, and Designated Survivor. You know, do all of the, watch all of those things and read all of those things. Give me something to talk to you about, player two. Yeah, I can be down with that. Also, very cool, Maria Lewis's Werewolf series, Who's Afraid, has been optioned for TV. This lady is fierce, Maria Lewis, and her main character. So you should consider joining her wolf pack. Maybe read the books before it becomes a TV series so you can do all Game of Thronesy. Actually, I think you'll find I read the books. You can tweet me at ChaosKittyM and find me on Facebook, KittyM. You can also follow Land of Pod for podcast updates, Land of Pod on Facebook and Twitter. And rate me wherever you're listening to this so I can become super famous and marry my celebrity crush, whoever that is this week. I mean, I'll forget you after that because I'll be too busy being famous to make podcasts, but then you can say, ugh, she's changed. I knew her when she was nothing. Until next time, Player 2.